God, I thank you for bringing us together to this place this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word. We thank you for the revelation that you give give us in the scriptures. We pray that we would hear your voice, that we would find encouragement and strength and hope and peace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I recently came across a quote that I wanted to share with you. This person says this, We might impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weakness. I want to read that to you again. We might impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weakness. Do those words ring true to you when you hear that? When you're around people, do you prefer to be around people who exude strength all the time? Or is there something attractive about people who are able to share their weaknesses with you? I remember as a child growing up in church, I really didn't pay attention to a lot of the sermons, but at one point I remember our minister mentioning in his sermon that he sometimes struggled with doubt. And that really stood out. I don't remember hardly anything else he said in this whole time at our church, but I remember him sharing that. And it actually disturbed me at the time, and maybe that's why I remember it, but that has has stuck with me, that he was willing to share that that was something that was a part of his experience. How do you feel? Do you connect with those who share what is really going on inside them, even the things that seem weak, even the things that seem messy, does that make a connection with you? Now, there are people within the church who would prefer that we only talk about the strength, that we we pretend like everything is going fine all the time, that we paint on the Jesus smile and we just have a great old time and it's like every every moment of life is just pure praise and joy. And yet, that's not the reality of life. That's not what we really experience. And so we have to confront reality. If we are going to have a faith that is of integrity, we need to confront reality. And one of the things that I appreciate about the Christian faith, it is not a faith that pretends that everything is okay and that we are having beautiful communion with God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The scriptures are full of honesty, sometimes painful honesty. And some of the best examples of that are the Psalms. I love the Psalms. The Psalms are so important to us. The Psalms were the hymn book of the ancient Israelites. And even for much of Christian history, there was a time when churches would rely almost completely upon Psalms. Uh, we sometimes think about the uh, the good old-fashioned hymns, but there was a time in church history when people started introducing the hymns that we think of as the, the good old-fashioned ones. They were thinking of that as a, a new innovation that wasn't really welcome in the church. We should just sing the Psalms. And there are still churches that only sing Psalms in church. Psalms are a, are a wonderful way for us to connect with God in worship. But what do the Psalms say? 
The Psalms are not just Psalms of praise, although there are those Psalms, but there are Psalms of lament. There are Psalms that have this incredible message of feeling forsaken, feeling in pain, and feeling like they were being betrayed by everyone around them. Sometimes you have both of those images in the same psalm, where you would have the psalmist talking about how terrible life is, and then concluding with a time of praise. And Psalm 22 is a good example of that, and that's what we're going to take a look at. This psalm is attributed to King David. Now, I want you just to think for a moment about who David was. David was the greatest king of Israel. He was the standard by which every other king was measured. When they would look at later kings, they would compare. How well did he do in comparison to David? David was such a great king that he was also used as the image for the coming Messiah. When the people looked for a Messiah to come. They wanted a Messiah who would be like David. They wanted a son of David to be their Messiah. David is the only one in the scriptures who's described as a man after God's own heart. Think about that. A man after God's own heart. So with those kind of credentials, you would think when you read something that he wrote, this is going to be good. This is going to be powerful. This is going to just draw us into the presence of God. How does he start Psalm 22? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's quite the way to begin. In fact, he doesn't start by saying, uh, These are, this is what's going on in my life, this is how bad things are, and I'm going to conclude based on how bad things are that maybe God seems far away. He actually jumps right into the feeling of being forsaken first, before he even talks about what is happening in his life. He immediately begins by sharing this feeling of being forsaken. That is absolutely incredible. He is being tremendously honest in sharing how he felt. And that is perhaps a feeling that you might feel this morning, or have felt at some point in your life, as if God is a million miles away. We might be more familiar than Psalm 22 with Psalm 23. And in the to- Psalm 23, he talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death. But he acknowledges that it's okay because the Lord is with him in the valley. But the way he's talking in Psalm 22, it's almost like he's describing going through the valley of the shadow of death without the Lord being with him or at least feeling like the Lord is not with him. That's the kind of thing that is going on in David's life here. And then he goes on, having acknowledged that he feels so far away from God, he describes the things that are going on in his life, and the ways that he feels betrayed, and uh, the terrible suffering that he's going through. And this is consistent with what we know of David's life. When you, when you go through what the Bible says about him, he, yes, he was a great king. Yes, he expanded the borders of Israel, but boy, did he suffer. Uh, he was betrayed by his friends by his family, the kind of things that took place there were just heartbreaking for him. It was a terrible, terrible life. And so he is being honest with what was going on. He shares this, all of the painful times 
and feelings that were going on. But what we find in the psalm is that the suffering is not the final word. He concludes his psalm with words of hope, with words of praise. He, in fact, when you read that last part of the 22nd Psalm, he just shares some incredible words of praise. He's saying, yes, life is really, really hard right now, but I will choose to praise God. I will choose to believe that there is something better that is coming. I will choose to have hope. It's not based on the circumstances changing at that moment. Rather, it is an act of faith for him to praise God.